Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott with Amy Wees. And this is Seller Roundtable number 127. We're super excited to have Pearl Ausch on today. Pearl, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be with you guys. I've been looking forward to this one for some time. So thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Well, we're stoked to have you, Pearl. And, you know, it's a really interesting topic because it's at a time when, when we're today, we're talking about shipping our products uh, into all the different types of international marketplaces that Amazon offers. And Amazon is opening new marketplaces in so many different countries. I think I just heard of uh, one recently, another one in the Middle East, as well as a, a few other ones. They just opened Brazil. I yep. mean, there's little marketplaces that eventually will become big marketplaces happening all over the place. And so if I want to take advantage of moving my products into some of these other marketplaces, I really need to, you know, know how to get my products over there. So it's great to have you on the show and uh, to help people start thinking about, you know, moving their products and, and how that's done. But before we get into that, we like our first question to always be for you to tell us a little bit more about you as much or as little as you'd like. Andy always, you know, leaves it up to you if you want to provide a blood sample. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> tell us about you and, and, and how you got how you got here? <laughs> great, great question. So, okay. So again, my name is Pearl. Um, I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Can't get better than that. Literally where all the hype is, where officially they say the biggest Amazon sellers live. Um, yeah, there's like that little rumor going around, but I, I could say that there's, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, there, there are some some big, big high rollers that, you know, are coming out of this, out of this um, zip code that know what they're doing on Amazon. So it's, it's great. It's great to be here where, you know, people know what they're doing. So basically, you know, I, I'm in this uh, industry for about eight years now. I'm with First Story Shipping for, you know, for that time, First Story Shipping started about 12 years ago. Um, funny enough, the way this whole thing happened, I used to work for like this car leasing company. What, what a nightmare of a job. I, I can't even explain that enough. Like I literally worked out of like a trailer and every time I had anybody come visit me, like my sisters loved coming to visit like their cool sister that was working in like, I was, I'm the oldest in the family. So it was like the first sister that's actually working and they came to visit me and they thought it was like, what, what is this? Like the place smelled absolutely awful. And they were on my case. You, you got to find a new job. Like you must. And you know how it is when, you know, you got to change a job and learn new things. They get trained and everything. And I was lazy and I, I was just not having it. One day my husband decided he's going to go through the classifieds and he's going to put in an application for me. And without me knowing, uh, Sal, our CEO, actually made a phone call. And he's like, oh, I saw your resume. Would you like to come down for an interview? I had no clue. I was just came out of left field, you know, like totally on my texting. My husband, like, did you make a, you know, did you put something in that? I don't know what it, whatever the case is, fast forward. I actually started out here as, um, as a customer service rep. And right now, you know, with 
all that we've done and grown. Thank God I'm actually the chief operating officer here. So I love what I do. Um, personally, I have three kids, a nine-year-old son like Andy. Actually, Andy said your son is almost nine. I have a four-year-old daughter and an almost two-year-old daughter. So they're why I do what I do. And I love what I do. And yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Awesome. And so is this how you learned about Amazon and about e-commerce by getting this job? It's a good question. So actually, we, we used to have a gift basket business. So we literally put together for Hanukkah these like baskets with chocolate and um, nuts and candy and for Christmas. And then we did a little bit for Valentine's. We decided we we're going to sell it on Amazon, me and my husband. And we did, we did pretty well, to be honest. But then, you know, with the PPC changes and then the overhead and there was so much going on, we ended up selling the company. And that's how we learned, you know, what are the supply chain issues people really face and what are the, um, you know, the struggles that they have when it comes to inventory, because that was like, a huge, huge issue that we had that our inventory didn't get into Amazon fast enough for like the, the last Christmas that we did. And that was just like, that was the, the, the last step we did before we said, okay, this is it. Like, this is not meant for us. Next phase in our lives. So I did that while I was doing the car leasing as well. But my, my husband Ephraim, which he's from Tactical Logistics, you guys might know him, but basically he, he was one that was running it full time. So we really got to know what it's like to be an Amazon seller and, you know, the glory, you know, beautiful things people say around it. Like there's so much hard work that really goes into it. So like mad respect for everybody that is killing it out there. Cause I know it's way harder now than it was for us like seven, eight years ago. So yeah, that, that was, you know, my, a little bit background that I had when it came to Amazon we did that for about three years. So yeah, now we're doing the logistics for Amazon. I love that you at least have some experience. You know, I think service providers that um, that don't have any experience as sellers themselves, it just does make it very difficult for them to understand yeah. kind of the all those things that you talked about, um, dealing with cash flow and inventory and everything else like those are they're real struggles and of course you know there's the glamour and all the screen the revenue screenshots and the sales yeah. and all of that and the passive income you know yeah that, that kind of stuff but it really is a full-time job and it's hard and um you know it's it's not it's not easy and so i love that that you have that experience and you and you know firsthand that that logistics is just one part of a bigger puzzle and, and that you can kind of identify with some of those pain points. Absolutely. So that being said, uh, First Choice Shipping, this company that you work for now, um, that you're COO for, you guys help people move their products from the US into international marketplaces. What are the most popular marketplaces that people ship to? So great question. So. I think that, you know, COVID, COVID taught a lesson to a lot of business owners and now like international selling became like the hottest thing. And like the aggregators love it when they hear you have a presence internationally. It shows that, you know, you're having a global, a global presence even, even helps your domestic sales. Like we, we've seen that time and time again. 
So what happened now over COVID is that people realized they can't rely on just one marketplace because what happened was is there was the restock limits. That was one. And then when one country was having restrictions with Amazon, another country was okay. So like at one point, France completely shut down and then Canada was open. And then Canada was closed from like March to almost July. It was absolute madness. But then what ended up happening is we had these sellers that were really, really struggling in the US. And they were like, Pearl, like what's happening in Australia now is incredible. So Australia, unfortunately, had a lockdown for like combined about nine months. Like, you know, when you when you put it all together and e-commerce was booming, absolutely booming. Uh, we have customers that are like in the gaming industry right now and killing it there. But we saw in every single marketplace, slowly when Amazon was able to, you know, open back up their fulfillment centers, when the restrictions were looser, obviously, depending on, you know, what was going on at that time with COVID in the country, we've seen sellers were able to really, really diversify what's going on and make things, you know, much easier for themselves. So we've had a seller that was doing, for example, in Canada, about 10% of what he was doing in the US, which is usually that, that's usually the typical number what people do in the Canadian marketplace. And he started doing close to 30%, which is a crazy, crazy number. And he's still holding on to that. And I, you know, we're going to shows and talking to people and sellers are telling it to me more and more that they're able to really make up for what they were losing out, either it was inventory issues or again, um, inventory or restock limits or just their product wasn't moving for whatever reason and they were able to start diversifying it during COVID. Um, so your question is you know what marketplace you would recommend right I would recommend right now. Um, the Canadian marketplace is a very very close second to the US if you want to see what else you could do. Um, population size obviously it's way smaller than the US but it's a very, very easy marketplace to expand to. It's English speaking, it's uh, you know very similar cultures. People need what we need in Canada. Now it's a very simple process to just like um, get set up. We do something called an NRI number that they have to set up and we actually can help with that as well. Um, and then, you know, there's all that, all that all they have to do is actually ship it in and Amazon then takes over and it's exactly the same model as in the US. Send it into FBA. Amazon's FCs, they take over from there. So Canada is definitely the, the first recommendation I would make for a seller that's looking to get started. Um, and then the UK, the UK and, and Europe is uh, huge. The reason why I didn't say Europe first is because Europe could be a little bit more complicated when it comes to compliance for certain products. So certain products may need to say health and beauty, um, ingestibles such as like vitamins, um, you know, they became a little bit tougher, more Europe than the UK. But if somebody wants to just really get, you know, their feet wet and get excitement rolling for the international market, I would say go for the easiest first and the easiest and where you're going to see quick results as well. Um, so Canada, I would say, would definitely be the first one I would I would recommend. That makes sense. Yeah, I know. Uh, and, and then I would say some of the other marketplaces why you might want to wait um, is 
if you don't have, uh, if you don't speak those languages, right, you are going to have to pay for PPC and everything in those other marketplaces and get your listing translated in a way that uh, makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think starting with those English speaking marketplaces, especially those that are closest to the ones where you sell can be helpful. So I, I like the, the I, I want to say that it's funny, but you say about translations, we learned such a good lesson with our gift baskets. So we, we expanded over to the UK and you know, it's an English marketplace. What could go wrong? Right. And it wasn't moving absolutely wasn't moving and it didn't make sense we have great reviews beautiful pictures you know it was it was in those days that like you, you just did like one two and three right and you were good and it wasn't moving until we realized somebody pointed it out to us like six months in that the word gift baskets is not a word in the dictionary in the uk they call it hampers and we made a switch to hampers and like wow it was like okay welcome to the world it was like incredible but yeah, it's like people think you could just use Google Translate and no, that, that's that's not going to work. You're absolutely right with that. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I, I even whenever I, I do write uh, UK listings, but I'm always very careful about oh, nice. doing that research, finding other listings that are doing well, looking at the keywords they're using, all that kind of stuff to make sure. Um, I was working with a client in Germany the other day. We were checking on his Germany listings and um, and he wasn't doing so well. And we learned, we used Amazon's brand analytics and um, searched for, you know, a part of the word in German and learned that he was using a version of it in German that isn't very highly searched. And it was like, oh, this is why in Germany, this product is not doing as well as it is in France and some of these wow. other countries. So wow. yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting. So why should people consider expanding globally? I mean, you mentioned the one client that you had that did really well in Canada. They started on 10% in Canada. Now they're up to 30 and they're, you know, doing bigger, more and more numbers. I mean, already though, the economy is kind of shaky. It's hard to move yeah. goods, you know? Yeah. So is now a good time to expand globally? Yeah, so it, it, it's the best time. And you know, when, when you start studying different cultures and you start learning, you know, about how people like to do certain things in different countries, like in Japan, for example, people are super organized, you know, very, very tidy people. So like these organizer stuff, like these kitchen stuff do so well over there. It's incredible. But when you start learning about, you know, the different cultures, you start realizing that, hey, I have a product right now that I could so easily just expand my business without needing to come up with a brand new line, brand new idea, brand new pictures, brand new everything, really. You literally can use the same exact thing for literally just sending another shipment. That's really what it is. Um, and I believe now is, now is the best time, especially since, you know, people are more hesitant to, to go out and, you know, even if, you know, things are opening back up, thank God, and things are better, people got used to buying, buying online. Like my grandmother, my 70-year-old grandmother, I remember, you know, the early beginning of COVID, she was struggling and had to order from the groceries. Like she wasn't going to go out and, you know, do grocery shopping. And I told her how to buy from the local grocery. They had an app. They launched an app. And every time, you know, Pearl, how do I do this? And how do I do that? And she was losing it. But guess what? 
things are back open. She's vaccinated. She's doing great. And she's still ordering from the grocery on her app. Why bother going in? And so it, it seems like the world has taken a different, a different direction. So now is the time to go along with that and utilize as much as you can with what you have, because there's so much, there's so much out there that you're not aware of. And again, it's just about producing a drop more and sending it to another place. So I believe now more than ever is the time and, and don't get another reminder, you know, when, 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 when it comes up that, ah, why, why did I put my eggs all in one basket? You know, it sounds so cliche, but it's the truth. Like just expand as much as you can. It's, it's just an easy, easy process to do. So one of the things that I would really love to know, Pearl, is what should sellers continue or should know before considering moving into other marketplaces uh, about, uh, you know, shipping? Any, any major differences in terms of, you know, uh, instead of getting going from, you know, majority of people going from China to the U.S., going, say, from like China to Australia or China to the U.K.? Right. So good question. So there's a few things. So number one, I, I would say is, we, you want to make sure that whatever you, you're, you're planning on selling internationally could actually get shipped internationally. So every country has its own uh, book of laws, right? So you want to make sure compliance-wise that you know exactly how to ship it. And you're speaking to your shipper that you're going to be using that they could actually get it in successfully. And if not, what do you need to get? Is it special licensing? Is it special labeling? Find out what exactly it is that's needed. And I would also advise never start too big. You know, we always have these sellers that are like, oh yeah, I see a listing. It's the, you know, bestseller listing that I'm going to send the full container in. Our specialty is small parcel shipping, but we will still advise you how to balance it out if needed. You know, I'm not going to tell somebody that's selling pillows or, or you know, uh, comforters to, to send something by air. It's going to make absolutely no sense. Um, so we, we will advise you accordingly, but I would still say start small. You want to test out your top, let's say, five products or top 10 products. If you want to go a little bit bigger, send a couple boxes and see how it goes. So what we typically advise is take inventory you already have based over here in the States, ship it out and see what happens. And, and then, then, then take it from there. But it does take a good six months until somebody will see that full, full result of what's actually happening until their account you know, gets optimization that they need um but yeah i would i would say start slow but before starting anything definitely make sure compliance wise that you know what you're doing um and then make sure that shipping is affordable to that marketplace that you want to get into with taxes also i want to add that in you want to make sure you're calculating any your duties and taxes so yeah get advice on that too that leads perfectly into my next question but before that i just want to go back to what you were saying is that's absolutely uh, such a great point. I remember early on when we expanded it, you know, we, we got this email that was like, hey, you can have free lightning deals for a year, managers, blah, 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 blah. We're like, oh, cool. All right. So we're going to do UK, Germany, you know, all these ones. And they're like, oh, we'll help you get your listings there. The translations were horrible, et cetera. And all it did was take our focus away from our core business because now all of a sudden we're managing five different marketplaces and five yeah. different customer service emails and things like that. So I think that's a that's phenomenal advice. The other great advice that you gave was to 80 20 it, right? Like take your, like you said, your top few products and go to the UK and just test it just to, to dip your toes and see how the process is a little different. Kind of get your make sure that you have enough staff or you're able, if you're, you know, a one or two man show to to be able to handle that extra work. 
So I think those are all great points. The other thing is Amy and I did this course called Sourcing Small like a long time ago. And that whole thing was all about one of the, the most successful tactics I still to this day see is, you know, doing small batch orders, you know, 10 to 100, something like that, depending on size, cost, et cetera, testing the product, seeing if it's successful, then going back and reordering larger amounts. You can even create a new listing. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.